Hello and welcome to the Gratitude and Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Midich, and I am so happy you found your way here. Most of you probably know me as an actor, but what you might not know is I have been on the most transformative journey these last few years. And I've created this podcast to share the discoveries I've had and things I've learned and continue to learn about this wonderful journey we all call life and how to attain joy, peace, and ultimately freedom. Because I think that's what we're all striving for at the end of the day. I'm here to share some tools that can change your life, hone your mental discipline, and empower you to step into the highest version of who you want to be. I'm gonna share my own journey of how I got here, but please do not live from my experience. My intention is for you to live from and create your own experience. Take what works, leave what doesn't. There is no right or wrong here. Just do you. Just be you, okay? Alrighty, let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode. This week, I want to dive into one of my favorite things in the world, and that is meditation. I genuinely believe meditation is vital to living a healthy, present, fulfilling life. I do. That is a big claim, I know, but I stand by it. Meditation is the greatest tool to relieve anxiety when it pops up in my life. Meditation fills my life with such a beautiful and incredible peace. And so I just want to talk about it because by the end of this, I hope to encourage you to go and set a timer for five minutes or find a guided meditation and start exploring this practice and watch how it changes your life. Okay, let me start with the fact that I think a lot of people have this misunderstanding of what meditation is. I know I did when I first started. So I'm going to unpack my experience with it and how it has changed my life and how it continues to change my life. I think a lot of people think meditation means you need to sit there and not have any thoughts flowing through your mind. That you have to reach a state of no mind. And that if you can't, then you can't meditate. I'll say that that is the goal for sure. And I will say that those are my favorite kinds of meditation sessions. But before you can get to that point, before you can get to that point of no mind, you have to build it up. Okay? When I first started meditating, I couldn't even sit still. Actually, that's when I first started meditating in silence. I technically first started by doing guided meditations on and off for quite a few years, but I was very inconsistent, even with them. I still do guided meditations, for the record. I don't think that they're cheating or they're less than meditating silently. I just think that they are different and they offer you different things. Guided meditations offer a different level of awareness. And the themes or prompts that the guided meditations offer bring me realizations about myself or unlock certain parts of myself that I didn't know I needed or wanted to unlock or to access. Okay, let me clarify that because it sounds very vague. Um, Really good guided meditations can do anything from offer simple relaxation all the way to 
offering you a chance to discover why you have certain fears that you keep locked away deep down inside of you. So it just depends on the purpose of the meditation, right? Some guided meditations are beautiful reminders for me. Reminders of forgiveness, presence, getting in touch with my inner child. Some guided meditations pose questions, whether they're philosophical or theoretical. They can also be an incredible portal into the spiritual plane. In some cultures, meditation is actually a form of prayer. In meditation, silent or guided, again, depending on what the guided one is, this is your opportunity to actually access your soul, to actually commune with your own spirit and just communicate with that part of you, that part of you that may not be at the forefront of what is driving you. At least that's what it is for me, or that's what it was for me. It was through meditation that I started learning my soul. It's through meditation that I started witnessing real communion. And communion seems like such a heavy word, I think. That's the only word that actually describes my experience in meditation these days. Whether that experience is through a guided meditation or a silent meditation. The amazing thing about technology these days is that you have all the guided meditations that you want at your fingertips. Whenever I have a bubble bath, I have a favorite set of guided meditations that I listen to. Sometimes I pick a theme, other times I select a random one. So just explore and go for it. Okay, let's go back to silent meditations. These were a whole different ballgame for me. When I made the decision and commitment to doing silent meditations, I started very small. Me being me, I saw myself sitting there in pure no-mind bliss for an hour the very first session. <laughs> that did not happen. Um, so what I learned to do instead was I started by setting a timer for 10 minutes and I would just sit still. No fidgeting, no fixing my hair, no scratching an itch. But I let my mind do whatever it wanted to do. I let it do as it pleased. I would just focus on the physical component and sit still. And I did that for like two weeks every single day. Then I upped it to 15 minutes for two weeks. Then eventually I got to a point where it was 15 minutes of meditation, but now I focused on one thing. So I started with letting my mind do what it wanted, but mastering my physical life, my body, right? Then once I could master my body component of sitting still, I started training the mental discipline of meditation. So I started with concentrating on one thing. So I'd concentrate on my breath, just going in and out my heartbeat, I would focus on a feeling. So the feeling of gratitude, the feeling of joy. I would concentrate on the words, thank you. I would concentrate on a happy or pleasant sensation in my heart, a mantra. 
Then I got to a point where it turned into 30 minutes of meditation concentrating on one thing. Then it got to a point where it was 45 minutes of focus, of quiet, of a mix of intuitive insights and blissful no mind for, let's say, the last 15 minutes of that 45. Then it became an hour and most of it was no mind and so on. You get the point. But it took me months and I had to start small. And don't let that scare you. Again, this isn't a race. I will keep reminding you of that. It is like with anything in life, you have to be patient with yourself. You have to have patience with yourself when you are starting something new. Also, meditation is all about mental discipline. And again, with mental discipline, small steps, baby steps, because then you keep the promises to yourself. So start small. Start with just mastering one part of you. Start with just mastering the physical, move to the mental, then you can access the spiritual. What was also cool in my journey is I learned that your reaction in meditation usually reflects your reaction in life. So if you're restless and fed up with sitting there, that's probably how you react in life when uncomfortable situations come up. If you're fidgety in meditation and you can't stop scratching that itch, fixing your hair, you're probably fidgety in life. Witnessing who you are in meditation is a glimpse into who you are in life. And that is one of the greatest gifts meditation has given me. Meditation is a time to get to know yourself, to get to know the real you. And sometimes it can be tough to hold that mirror up in that way because meditation is also invoking discomfort. For most of us, I don't think it's comfortable to meditate at first. I just don't. And holding up that mirror of who you are under that discomfort can be hard. So be gentle with yourself and just take it one step at a time. One step at a time gets you up the mountain. And that mountain, my friend, is you. You are your own mountain. And meditation is a vital tool in getting to know that mountain so that you can overcome it. Because in the silence of meditation, you start learning the reason you want to squirm. You begin to notice things. You begin to notice where your thoughts are going. You begin to eventually quiet and calm them. With each breath, you slowly begin to address the why underneath your fill-in-the-blank, your impatience, your reactivity, your desire to grab the cigarette or the bottle or the numbing agent. You start to learn why you cannot sit still. What is keeping you from that? What is keeping you from accepting, from allowing, from embracing? For me, the egoic mind gets real loud in meditation sometimes. And it was my way of realizing that voice inside my head was not me. It was the beginning stages of witnessing the separation between 
my mind, my body, and my spirit. And the beauty of meditation is, yes, you build it sitting on the mat, but you take that awareness into your waking, walking life. You begin building in moments where you can pause before reacting to someone or something. To pause in moments of hurt. You take the stillness that you learn and you acquire in meditation and you bring it into the circumstances that come out you in life. You begin to have moments of such clear awareness when you realize you're overthinking, overreacting, or underreacting. In meditation, you hear how positive or negative your self-talk is. Meditation is an avenue to go within. And meditation is imperative to clean the house that is your mind, body, and spirit. And this discomfort behind it, the discomfort on all of those planes, taught me a massive concept that I will forever hold on to. Everything you have ever wanted is on the other side of discomfort. Once you can embrace discomfort, it stops existing. Once you can let discomfort in, you can accomplish everything and anything, truly. And I'm talking all kinds of discomfort, right? Physical, mental, spiritual, emotional. Meditation covers all three of those planes. You can make the choice to find stillness and joy no matter what the circumstance. That is mental discipline in its greatest glory. It's like going for a walk on a cold winter's day. Once you can allow some of the cold in, some of that discomfort, you can walk for as long as you want. The discomfort is a beautiful part of you, and therefore, it's not a discomfort at all. The same goes for standing up and voicing your opinion on something that you believe in. Once you can allow the discomfort that you will inevitably be unlikable to some people, you can speak your truth freely. It's like pushing yourself at the gym. Once you allow the discomfort of the muscle soreness, the sweat, the elevated heart rate, you can train for as long as you want. This entire realization started for me in meditation. So like I said, when I first started meditating, I could barely sit still. Then slowly, eventually, I learned to just love sitting there. How? I pushed past the discomfort of it all. And once I could embrace the discomfort, once I could push past it, I learned that meditation is my time to simply be. Maybe you've heard this phrase before to just be. That happened for me for the first time one morning as I was meditating during my morning routine. I had a morning routine for over a year that was journal, yoga, meditate. And when I started studying breathwork, I laced in breathwork before meditation. But journal, yoga, meditate. Every single morning for over a year, even if I traveled away from home, and I was sitting on the floor of my hotel room, and suddenly I felt the entire world slip away. And I realized that this was my time to just exist 
in space. I didn't have to think about what I was doing in two hours or tomorrow or what was on my to-do list. It was a time for my wonderfully loud and protective mind to take a break and to relax and to shut off. The comfort and the ease I felt was unforgettable. My entire body physically relaxed in a way I had never experienced before. And I dipped into such a state of true presence where time stopped and I was just there. I just existed. The peace of these moments, when all stress melts away from me and I'm filled with such intense love, and gratitude, the simplicity of that peace was also a massive moment of clarity because it was a moment that showed me what is important in life. And now it's these moments that remind me what is important in life when I get caught up in the world. It reminds me where I want to operate from. In this state, In meditation, this state of no mind, this state of clarity, of peace, I am most me. I feel most like myself. I am radiating this beautiful, calm joy, and I am able to most connect to my soul. I take a break from the hustle of the man-made world, and I let myself remember the truth of who we all are and what we all are and what we are all doing on this planet. It is the simplicity of doing nothing in meditation that we remember who we are. Because here's another spiritual truth. There is nothing to do in life except to be. There is nowhere to go except where you are. There is nothing to chase The only thing to do in life is to be, is to be exactly where you are when you are there. And that might scare some people. It might scare some people to know that all the things they're chasing, all the beautiful dreams even they're chasing, none of it actually matters. None of it is actually real. The only job you have to do on this planet is to exist where you are. And by that, I mean the present moment. And meditation is the gateway to the present moment. And the present moment is where life is actually unfolding. I've said this before. The past and the future do not exist. They are both figments of your imagination. This moment right now, as you're listening to my voice, this is the only moment that will ever exist for you on a moment-to-moment basis. And meditation brings the peace of presence after you overcome the quote-unquote discomfort of it. I say quote-unquote because I'm learning that though discomfort exists, it only exists as much as I let it exist. This is what meditation taught me. Okay, so I have taken this concept of simply being and I've played with pushing my comfort zone. And I've learned to lace meditation into everything that I do, especially when what I am doing is uncomfortable. 
Before I continue, I feel like I need to plug in a disclaimer here. I am not a doctor. I am not a specialist of any sort. So I'm not recommending these exercises for you. I'm just sharing what works for me and how I do it. So please listen to your body. I know my body really, really well. And I know its limitations and I know its capabilities. Yes. So just be smart about any and all of this and follow your own guidelines, okay? So with that being said, for me, pushing my physical comfort zone is best for keeping my mental discipline sharp. That means through exercise, for example. When my mind starts telling me my body's tired, I push past it. I do five more reps, one more minute, two more rounds. I'm a very physical person, always have been, probably because of my upbringing in the ballet world, and I really enjoy experiencing my body's ultimate capabilities. So I will lock into the muscle soreness or discomfort. I fully accept the feeling of it, physically and mentally, and I find the joy in it, in knowing that I can push past that physical pain. Working out, even to blasting upbeat music, is also a form of meditation for me. Another thing I do, I have loved steam rooms for as long as I can remember. Sometimes I go in to the steam room and I meditate in there. I sit there with a timer and I don't allow myself to move a muscle for as long as I set the timer. When I first started doing this, my thoughts would rush in in a panic. Sarah, wipe the sweat off your face. Sarah, it's too hot. Sarah, you should drink water. Sarah, this bench is very hard. Sarah, your hair is matting to your scalp. Sarah, you're very uncomfortable. Sarah, 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 you're not okay. But turns out, I'm completely okay. Again, I know myself in a steam room and I know my limits, okay? This can be extremely dangerous if you do not. So how do I push past this fear? That is the key to mental discipline, right? A few different ways. Sometimes I just tap into what I call my tingle, which is my spirit. And I infuse the moment with, ready for it? Gratitude. Yes, that's right. My be all and end all, good old gratitude. I find gratitude and joy in the discomfort. And in knowing that I am more than my physical experience of my body and my mind. This, too, is meditation. Other times, I just thank my mind for trying to protect me. That's what it's doing when it's going into a panic like that, right? It's just trying to sound off all these warning bells to protect you. So I just thank it, and I let it take a break. And I tap into presence. I tap into that moment. And look, other times, I just let my mind keep going. I just let it keep racing, and no matter what... I just physically do not move until that timer goes off. And I mean it. I do not move. Because that is that integrity with myself. And that integrity is most important. I'll tell you this. That last option, the option of letting my mind run in fear all over the place, that one feels the longest to me. But sometimes I can't tap into the joy and the gratitude. And that is my truth too. So there you go. It's when I play with meditation like this in these moments that I realized meditation 
becomes a lifestyle. You don't have to meditate just sitting on a mat in your living room or your bedroom or your garage or in the woods or wherever. You can meditate when you're washing the dishes, when you're walking in the woods, when you're walking through the grocery store or Home Depot or wherever. Here is a gentle reminder, even for myself as I'm currently recording this. All of life is a meditation. If meditation is simply being and being present, life is simply being and being present. The peace I found in meditation is a peace I try to bring with me whenever I do anything in life. That is the aim, anyway. But I will say, though meditation happens in your walking, waking life, though meditation becomes your way of life, closed-eye-focused meditation on the floor is still important, especially when there is fear popping up in my life or when I'm feeling anxiety, or when I don't have clarity on something, a relationship, an offer, a question. It's important because everything you need to know is already within you. You don't always need to find your answers in the outside world, especially answers to all the big questions, those you really can find inside. But the thing is, you have to give yourself a chance to hear it first. And there's a lot of noise you need to sit through and navigate before the actual silence comes. And once the silence is there, intuitive insights will come pouring in. But then the next step is actually following those insights. Sometimes that little voice you hear inside, your intuition, your compass, sometimes it tells you to do things that might scare you. And then it is all in your power whether you actually follow it or not. I did not listen to my intuition for so many years of my life on so many things. But now I do. Even when it guides me to do quote-unquote crazy things. And through the silence of meditation, through the silencing of your egoic mind, you're able to actually access that. Your mind is mainly going to push you to want all the external stuff. It is. Your heart and your soul will whisper the real stuff that you want and the real stuff that you need to thrive. And all of that, truly, it is accessed in the clearest and most amplified way in meditation for me. I get all of those answers and I get all of my inspiration in meditation. Okay, I'm going to cap it off there. I hope all of that inspired you, encouraged you to go set a timer somewhere today for five minutes and see what pops up or go and go on YouTube or Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever and find guided meditations that call to you. And explore that part of who you are and explore that part of your soul and get to know your soul a little bit better and get to honor your soul a little bit better. Okay, so let us finish up here with our prompt of gratitude for today. Can you think of a time in your life where you experienced no mind, when you experienced a moment of presence? 
This usually happens for most people when they're in front of a breathtaking view of nature or a moment in life where something beautifully unexpected happens and it takes your breath and your thoughts away. Can you think of a moment where you've experienced that? The peace and the fulfillment of no mind. Can you try to access the feeling that it brought you? Whether it was in your heart, wherever it was in your body. And can you just say, thank you. Thank you for that beautiful feeling of peace and quiet and stillness. There you go. Alrighty. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm actually going to be taking a little bit of a hiatus after this episode over the holiday season to be present with my own family, to be present with myself, and I'll be back on here in the new year in 2024 with a little bit of a revamp of the podcast. So have the most incredible holiday season to everyone celebrating. I hope everyone gets some time off, gets some time for themselves, has time to reflect, and I will talk to you in 2024. All right, much love and bye for now. Thanks so much for checking out today's episode. If you resonated with what you heard, hit that subscribe button and maybe send it to someone who you think might need to hear today's message. If you want to stay up to date and connect with us on the socials, our Instagram handle is at Gratitude Growth Podcast. Until next time, stay grateful and keep growing.